the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Spot Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. And as always, we are brought to you by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment. They believe in empowering professional athletes and entertainers with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more. Go to morganstanley.com slash G-S-E, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC. We've got a lot of basketball to get to with the NBA starting. But first, we're going to start with baseball. The World Series is upon us. And I guess no surprise, perhaps, with the hmm. Houston Astros being no. there. And but it is a surprise to surprise, Washington yes. Nationals being there, and big surprise to Bryce Harper. Yeah, Bryce Harper less <laughs> Washington Nationals. Do we care? Does that it matter he, that he's not there? Yeah, no, no one cares. Yeah, you know what I thought of because Mike, we talk so much on this podcast about contracts and and mm-hmm. how big they are and the decisions behind whether to sign them or not. And you know, and I know most fans love signing big star players and seeing all that. But I think one of the things you also talk a lot about is how some most I'm going to say maybe not most a lot of the big contracts are bad decisions and bad mistakes. And here I think is a perfect example. Everybody thought Bryce Harper leaving the Nationals was a mistake on Washington's part and and uh, going to be a problem. And here they are. They recover from it and and reach new heights by getting to the World Series. I think it's a great example and it may be a cautionary tale that sometimes that one player is not what you need. Well, I'll say this. two Two things. It's a lot easier right now to replace 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. That's a good point. It just point. is. Look, at they picked the right year, right? The juice balls, whatever the heck happened this year, you had you know 60 guys hit 30 home runs. So if ever there's a year when you don't pay $330 million for a batter, this was the year because so, you could pay $500,000 for 30 home runs. So this is unlike 1998. They started juicing the balls instead of the players? <laughs> That's right. right. Well, <laughs> it's a lot safer to juice a ball, isn't it? I would think so, yes. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench. A lot healthier, um, yes. <laughs> listen, there's two very big similarities with, this, with these teams. Number one, payroll. The Astros are the seventh payroll. The Nationals are the eighth payroll. So, you know, slice it up how you want. Generally, both these teams spent towards the pitching. I mean, that's just the way the Nationals were built with Scherzer and Strasburg and then Corbin. And the Astros, of course, with, you know, Verlander at the top of it, acquired Zach Grinke. Look, that's the nuts and bolts of this team. We saw them acquire Justin Verlander last year in Houston, and it pushed them, you know, darn near to the finish. Um, so was that two years two ago? Years ago. My two gosh, years two years ago, ago yeah. now. Two years ago, they get to the finish line with Verlander. Last year, they almost do it again. They extend him two years more this year, and uh, certainly he took the reins again in 2019. They bring in Zach Grinke, not a batter. Right? No. And they, they bring in another Cole pitcher. Already they already Cole. had Garrett Cole, who's the ace in the club right now. Uh, and look at Washington follows suit. They made one gigantic move this offseason, and it was early. It was Patrick Corbin, the starting pitcher, to go with Strasburg against Scherzer. That's what they deemed they needed for this time of year, and and they were dead right. They just had to survive the the regular season. They knew they ne- they had bull, bullpen struggles. We've talked about it. Everybody had bullpen struggles this year. They made two decent acquisitions at the trade deadline, and Hunter Strickland and Daniel Hudson, who's now their closer, by the way. Um, so they they did make some decent moves in July to, to to push this thing to the finish line, but they didn't pay for power. They just didn't do it. They didn't pay Bryce Harper. They didn't pay anybody. Now, they've got a guy who they might have to pay in Anthony Rendon, and he's going to have Bryce Harper money. He's just going to get it. I mean, he's a solid player. He's, a, he's, he's maybe a better defenseman than he is a hitter, and he's a great hitter. Um, 
he's going to get Nolan Arenado, Bryce Harper type of money. We're, we're in that boat again with the Nationals. How are they going to pay for a batter? Are they going to let him walk? And Steven Strasburg can opt out after this year. Do you, do you re-sign Steven Strasburg, who's had injury bugs all of his career? So look, at after the World Series, there's tons to talk about. I don't expect Garrett Cole's back with Houston. That's another $225, $250 contract right there. He's probably going out west where he grew up. But look, at for right now, these are two very similar teams and how they define their payroll and how they've spent their money. And yeah, one's a surprise in Washington, and I don't, I don't think anybody surprised Houston's here. No, I don't. Uh, Houston, uh, from what what they you know the way Verlander was pitching this year, the lineup that they have, the mm-hmm. home runs that they hit, they, they were a better team than the Yankees. No I thought question. I thought the Yankees would have been a nice story to be in there, and it's New York and the World Series. You have New York, Washington, yeah. have been great, uh, but the Astros just uh, a plain better baseball team, and they. They have to be favored to win this. Yes. Right? Matter of fact, isn't there a, there's a fella in Mississippi, mm-hmm. a furniture store owner. I heard did, about you, this. did you see this? I heard yeah. about this. The guy yeah. plays three and a half, three and a half yeah, but, million dollar bet. Didn't he has any didn't he have a deal like if the Astros win? Isn't this tied to some kind of a thing? promotion, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to cover his you know that, what, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. He's got to pay the insurance bill. Yeah, so yeah, big <laughs> sale. But it, he made the bet October first. He did. So it was even before. So a little more risk. He there. had to be dying when DJ LeMahieu hit that ninth <laughs> inning home run, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, that got me out of bed. I'll tell you that. But if he <laughs> if if they win, I think he wins seven point two million. Yeah, he'll be okay. Yeah, he'll be all right. More than double his cash. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely favored. What 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 do you what's your take here? What do you got? And how many games? I am gonna. I'll, I'll go Stroh's in. Well, they got Scherzer. And, yeah. <laughs> It can match pretty, the starting darn pitchers, even. which I which, will say Strohs in six. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go five just to be different because I think their pitching's a little bit better, um, and I think these are gonna be low scoring pitching duel kind of games. But you know, I think if you you might be able to get Verlander in there twice, maybe Cole in there yeah. twice. I think. If you can do that, they can win in five games. I think the experience is big. How often do we see this? Yes. Teams that come back that know how to win versus a team that's there for the first time that may be equally as talented but just doesn't have that sort of built-in knowledge of how to get it done. I got to think you lean towards the Astros took, for that Took the words out of my mouth. I, I love the Nationals' run here. And look, at they've been the best team in baseball for the past two and a half months. It's just That's just how the numbers bear out. But... Yeah, the Astros have been here before. Um, it's a tough time to play baseball, especially in D.C. Right? I mean, it's going to be cold in D.C. That might affect that might affect Houston a little bit. Who plays? But in the Verlander comfy knows indoor. how to handle that. See, he's a Detroit. He pitched a lot Look of his at, career in Detroit. Him and Garrett Cole are nasty. Yeah, Garrett Cole's. You know, he pitched at Pittsburgh for he all those years. Who's been in Pittsburgh? Right. That's what I was just thinking. The, not that Pittsburgh's had any October runs here that for him to, true. to compare to. But some April, <laughs> some April stuff. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's fun for the folks in D.C. They're uh, glad to see someone make a late October, early November run That's other right. than a politician. Yeah, so. <laughs> and certainly not their football team. I think, I think I don't want to talk about it here because we, we've got other things to get to, but I think a great conversation is who's thrown out the first pitch in Washington. Oh, boy. Because it ain't the president. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? It's where it normally would be. Are you going Redskins, guys? What are you doing? You, you know can't what I mean? go Redskins, guys. Well, you might have to just to lift some spirits. <laughs> right? Uh, you Joe Gibbs? Nobody on Joe the Gibbs yeah. throwing a first pitch. Joe, I like that. Yeah. I, like, yes. He's about the only guy Gibbs. that could still that people still yeah. love there related to the Redskins. I just think it's- Joe Theismann, Joe Gibbs. Is, right? there a, is there a harder decision to make right now if you're around uh, the national? Yeah, How about a, Doug Williams? Doug Williams. Yeah, okay. is, is, was there an okay. original Nationals guy that we that 
Like who was the Jason Worth? Who was the beloved first Nationals team? Do, are there any? Uh, are there any Expos? Washington Senators still around? Do you go Expos? Do you go like Vlad? Uh, I don't think you can do that. I'd love yeah. a, a, an old Washington Senator. I mean, the original National would be Ryan Zimmerman, who's <laughs> going to be playing first base for them. He's active. Do you let an active player throw no, out the first no. pitch in the World that. Series? No, that. boy, that's a that's a, that's the that's biggest a, old guy right, move that's ever. Good. I'm sure you can find some action on that somewhere, I right? Like that. Like that is a that's a great question. Who's yeah. throwing out the first pitch? Go go look, go find that Good somewhere to watch. on a sports book. What would that be? Friday, I think. Right, Friday's game. Yeah, we'll be watching. All right, we are going to transition from baseball to basketball. And as we transition to basketball, we decided to uh, bring in. A huge team member of SpotTrack.com. Point, the SpotTrack point guard. Yeah. It, well, I was going to say, and super basketball nerd, Scott Allen. And that is a compliment to the highest degree because <laughs> it when it comes to NBA contracts and value of players, Scott Allen is the guy. Scott, how you been? Good. Thanks for having me. I mean, how excited are you with the season starting? I mean, I, I'm jacked up. My, my son yeah. is in a fantasy league for the first time ever. Yeah, He's so excited we, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, I'm super excited. A lot of stories to see how they hash out. Uh, like Mike said, we're in a fantasy league, which is interesting with how it's structured, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, uh, even my son, he's he's been on my league pass, watching all the preseason games, telling me who's scoring points. So uh, super excited to, to get this going. Man, preseason basketball. Preseason basketball, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was I was monitoring things for uh, some fantasy, some daily fantasy. Say, we got to teach your son how to do some DFS. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, let's uh, let's quickly recap some of the uh, uh, things that happened in the NBA offseason. There were some minor, a few minor that, trades. Yeah, that was sarcasm, Kevin. Yeah, I yeah, know it was minor sarcasm. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know the Westbrook for Chris Paul trade, huge trade in the NBA. What do you think? Should we rank these? Should we should we rank them? Well, let's lay them out, and then we can yeah. all sort of all right. chime in on the one. Yeah, we there's think so is the many. Do we even remember impact. them? Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, here, I'll run them down real quick. You had Westbrook from Oklahoma City to Houston. Chris Paul going to Oklahoma City. Paul George gets traded to the L.A. Clippers. Kevin Durant, you might have heard of him for DeAndre Russell, the yep. swap with Brooklyn and Golden State. Durant's not playing this year. Jimmy Butler to Miami. Josh Richardson to Philly. Hassan Whiteside to Portland. Anthony Davis, might have heard of him. He goes to the L.A. Lakers. Um, they took whatever they can get in return in New Orleans. And uh, Mike Conley, uh, uh, under the radar trade, That's frankly, right. That's right. Uh, goes to the Utah Jazz. So, Scott, uh, how do you rank those trades? Which one do you think is the, the biggest blockbuster trade that occurred? Actually, I, I think you kind of stole the words out of my mouth. Uh, Mike Conley, I think, is super underrated. Uh, a piece that sort of put Utah over the top, I think, uh, in addition to some other free agent signings that they had. So I, I, I kind of like the Mike Conley trade as my number one trade. Um, I know some people would probably pick Anthony Davis or yeah, the Durant aspect, but uh, I'm going to go with the the Conley. And then I think Jimmy Butler mm -hmm. uh, is a trade that remains to be seen how things are going to work out in Miami, but he's the, he's the guy in Miami. Uh, they extended Spolstra. Um, so those two are going to be working hand in hand right now. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see how the Miami heat play out here. And then Paul George, 
Oklahoma City got a, a haul for for George. So I, I kind of got to go with that, especially with him going there with Kawhi Leonard. So I think those would be my top three. And then I think Davis would come in after that. The Durant-Russell trade, uh, to me, it almost felt like Golden State was seeing Durant is going there. just happens to be that Russell is a free agent. We'll try to take him and do a sign and trade because we really don't have the cap space to sign guys. So uh, I'm not in love with that trade, but I get why they did it. So they weren't the last man trying to find a chair uh, in musical chairs there. Um, and then the Westbrook Paul, I- I'm going to say that's my, at the bottom of my list here, just because it was maybe a last ditch effort yep. for Houston to try to do something with all the money and all the analytics that they put into this. It's sort of a a last ditch effort to try to get this to actually work to win a championship. Here's my rank. Yeah. All right. So I have the Paul George trade number one. And because without that trade, I don't think, uh, you know, the other, the signing happens. Yeah. Oh, no question. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not a trade, you can't separate those. No question. You know, as far as impact. If, if you want to ask what's the biggest impact of that list of trades, yep. I think you you got to say Paul mm-hmm. George because you have to include Kawhi Leonard in that as well. So I, I had that number one. Number two, Anthony Davis. I, I, I thought that was uh, a tremendous deal. You're an L.A. homer, huh? Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I thought the Kevin Durant trade was number three. It, you can't measure it this year, but you got to look at the long term for it. So I, I had well, that And the fact three. that Golden State was able to get anything for Kevin well, Durant. Well, right? Not just anything, but, but they got a, a guy who can score. Guard. Yes. <laughs> they got a guy who can score some points for him, so it could be his night. You know, mm-hmm. they could continue that tradition. I Jimmy Butler, yes. A huge trade. Yeah. Huge trade that uh, few talked about. That at four. I had the Westbrook deal at five just because of, uh, you know, I, I think that's a nice combination. Yeah. Even though they're going to fight for the ball, but, again, I think Westbrook's a hell and of a player. And maybe fight each other at some yeah, point. Yeah, they could. Uh, you know what? going to be great. That might make it number one. <laughs> that's true. And, you know, I, I the underrated trade I had six, but I'm going by sex appeal here. That's right. It's you boring. Know? Yeah, yeah right. Utah's boring. I'm, I'm boring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never, uh, that's one of the few states I haven't been to, Utah. Really? I've been there. You've been there? Yep. All right. I hear it's um, it's dry. It can be dry, yes. Okay. I'll, I'll give you my top three. And uh, I'm, I'm a, in similar vein to Scott a little bit here, more analytically driven. I think the Jimmy Butler trade is the most impactful move of the entire offseason for this reason. Three contenders got better in this trade. A lot of moving parts, a lot of money moved back and forth. Jimmy Butler was going to, going to Miami anyway. So Philadelphia did an unbelievable job to get back Josh Richardson, who is a uh, – look, at you essentially replaced Ben Simmons, who can't shoot, and J.J. Redick, who's probably too old to shoot now and can't <laughs> play defense, with one player, with Josh Richardson, who's going to score 20, 25, and he's going to be maybe your best defender on that roster. So look, at that's a nasty team that got nastier because of this move. Um, and look at Portland's been on the fringe now for what five years? Feels like five years. They've been paying tons of money out. They're once again the highest payroll in the league. Getting a guy like Whiteside, who's got a big ceiling. You know, a lot of people think he plateaued a little bit here, but that's a big man presence they needed because of injuries to go with their two guards who are making seven hundred million dollars. Um, look at this. That's that's a deal that could work for absolutely everybody. Jimmy Butler is the man now in Miami. They might add Chris Paul in a couple of months and, and go for a big push in the East. 
Uh, like I said, that's three teams that got better, all of whom can, should contend in 2019. That's why I'm putting them ahead of even an Anthony Davis, who, look at, I've seen some preseason stuff too. I've, I've heard all the minutia about how great Davis and LeBron James look. I can't buy it until it's real, right? And, I, and honestly, it's not even real until January for me. Until Christmas Day, the NBA is just whatever. Yeah. And that's fine. You're waiting for the shoes to drop on Christmas Day, aren't you? All that. Yeah, all yeah. that, right? Yeah, but is Anthony Davis even going to be alive on Christmas Day? The guy gets hurt every nine games. It's And look, look at... Who knows if LeBron can stay healthy? Right. I mean... Well, see, I'm, see, I'm expecting a big year out of LeBron I because everybody's too. down on LeBron. I am too, but is he 36? Scott, 36 or 34? He's 34. 34? But groin injuries, man... Over thirty, we've all, we're all there. You know, you pull a groin, and even if you let it heal for a couple of months, that, that it's it's sensitive. No, literally. Um, <laughs> all right, we, so, we've drifted into way hey, new territory. Some, here. I'm just a little worried about the old guys and the injury and injury plague guys in LA. That's all. Because look at after Anthony Davis, it's Kyle Kuzma and and. And a pick. And a pick them. Are you and Scott going to do a groin-only <laughs> spot track podcast later not. this week? We are not. Okay. Listen, there's some players of a certain age they are happy to pull a groin. And man, they got feeling there still. Um. <laughs> All right. We're not that old, Kevin. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Let's move on to some huge contracts yeah. that were signed. Look, nothing crazy this year. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, As I'm looking down the list of numbers that range from 180 yeah, to well, 99 exactly. million, any NBA, NFL, I love NFL it. Player. I love Mike that would say nothing crazy. All right, well, but hang on, let's talk about Durant. All right, yeah. because he had a sign and trade deal, uh, four years, 164 million. So less money on a new team. Yeah, but it's a. Do we feel there's any risk in that money because of the injury that yeah. Kevin Durant had? Yeah, there's big risk uh, for his age, for that injury. I mean, you can look across all levels of sports and see some guys that come back with no effects of it and other guys who are never the same in their speed, in their quickness, in their flexibility. Uh, you know, and, and what I think sometimes happens with Achilles is that it, it affects other things. You compensate for the Achilles, and now there's foot issues, and there's knee issues and there's hamstring issues you've seen that in other sports so yeah I think there's a big worry about him at his age and his game mm -hmm. to know for sure to flat out say I'm going to give him all that money because I know I'm getting Kevin Durant in a year from now you I don't think you could be sure you're getting the Kevin Durant a year from now no question look if there's a lot of reasons Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn and basketball is like fourth on the list probably all right, Let's and Brooklyn's speak. coming back. Look at Brooklyn's yeah. tied to this. He wants to grow a beard. That's why he went to Brooklyn. <laughs> well, in a uh, roundabout way, you're, you're making my point. Brooklyn's the, the organization is tied to this Alibaba service, which is gigantic internationally, and he's the face of it now. Kevin Durant's essentially the inter. He's the bankroll, the face of it. Look at there's there's these guys are finding ways to make money that we don't even know about, and uh, so 164 million to play basketball for him is like. Nah. Sure. Yeah. Fine. Right. Fine. If I get healthy, I'll come out and help you out a little bit. All right. But listen, all these guys have these back channels that their, their brands far exceed their basketball abilities right now. That's just the, the life we live in. Here, here's what I want to talk I think about. We're finding that, I think we found that out with the China situation, too. Well, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Here, there's five guys on this list. The top five offseason contracts. Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, Kevin Durant, Chris Porzingis, and Draymond Green. Uh, Dr Draymond Green is the only one I... I I actually feel really comfortable about. <laughs> yeah, Look, two of those guys are are coming are are either not going to play or haven't played. Porzingis hasn't played in twenty months. Durant's probably out the year. 
Chris Middleton is a role player from Milwaukee who, if Giannis doesn't take a step forward again, might be average. Yeah, they could they could be average. Look at there's a lot of things that have to go right. They lost their point guard, and then Tobias Harris is like the sixth player in Philadelphia right now. <laughs> he, he's That's what be, I'm thinking of. Like, he's what? a role player. Yeah. I think he might be traded by January. So <laughs> you just signed a hundred eighty million dollar contract, and you're going to have to find a trade partner by January, February. I mean, that's just the life we live in right now. That's the NBA in a nutshell. It's we're going to throw the money around because we can get rid of these guys anytime we want. I mean, that's it. It's really fun. It's video game stuff. It's fun. Uh, is it fun for the players? Do you uh, think? I, it I can't think. Be. May, I, well, hold on a second. I mean, I, the money's fun. Okay, there you go. <laughs> the money's yes. Fun. They don't uh, care where they play, right? Um, well, I think some do. Uh, the ones who sign with a team, and uh, I think they want to play. Like I think Harris would want to stay in Philly. You do? Yeah. I think he'd rather go somewhere and be the man, uh, or maybe the number two at least, not the less, six. It's a whole lot of pressure and more money. I mean, five years, one hundred eighty million. Uh, to not be the guy, that's pretty damn good. Scott, I mean, are you as uncomfortable with these contracts as, as we've been discussing? You know, I, I went back and I looked at the numbers with these these free agent uh, contracts that were signed, and we had $3.5 billion worth of contracts signed in the free agent season this year. Um, and, and I compared to last year, um, we had, out of the top 20 signed, 20, 12 of the 20, um, sorry, six of the 20 stayed where <laughs> they were originally from. This year, 20, uh, 12 of the 20 moved. Yeah. So we had a ton of movement, and the reason for all the movement was teams were taking advantage of the sign and trade, Yep. which has stipulations upon itself where teams are now hard-capped, which half of the league is, is hard-capped, which we can go into uh, – later on but a lot of players moved because teams were taking advantage of a they didn't have a ton of cap space but they were losing a free agent so we'll cut a deal with you so you send us this person we send you this person and sort of it's sort of a circumvent of the cap uh, (laughs) but they're doing it in a smart way uh, so that they're getting an asset back, even though they're losing an asset. Hey Scott, don't you uh, think we're the, seeing? Don't you think the free agent signings though were complementary to the the amount of trades we had? I mean, when you've got those seven players being traded, those are you know seven of the top twenty five players in the league. Essentially, you've got to go all in as a team, right? It's essentially what the Rams just did with Jalen Ramsey, right? I mean, the, the Rams aren't going to stop now. They've got no draft picks. You know, you you, you acquire yeah, Jalen yeah. Ramsey today, and you know I expect them ne- next March to be feverish in the free agency because they have to back it up they have to put the pudding where the you know the mouth where the sure, pudding is so right. to me it's yeah, no, I, I, if the trades are big then the, then the signings have to follow right yeah and i agree with that um they they have seen that next year's free agent class is not as strong as this year so a lot of teams were trying to uh, get in on the on the players now knowing that the class was not as strong next year. And then the following year in 2021, it's going to be much stronger with uh, players potentially opting out and everything. And high school and players, think, right? <laughs> and the high school players. Yeah. And I think they see the writing on the wall with Golden State is not going to be what they have been for the last four years. Um, Toronto won the championship, but they lost a key piece there. Right. So a lot of things are in flux. And I think it, teams are 
seeing the the door is open for them to potentially make a move. So I think that is why you saw a lot of movement in the last uh, six months or so mm-hmm. because teams think they have a chance. I mean, the West is going to be a slugfest. I mean, there's easily 11 or 12 teams that can make the playoffs this year. The East is a little weaker in in for the most part. But that West is going to be a slugfest, and that's why you saw a lot of these West teams making moves and signing players because they think they have a chance. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the, I think the West is, uh, and it's been that way um, for a couple of years. 76ers spent $486 million. <laughs> Warriors, $431 million, uh, and that was to keep uh, two players, Clay, yep. um, and, and bringing in Russell. Nets spent $405 million. Yep. For and, one, and part of that, and the guy who's not going to play for him, mm-hmm. um, Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan, right? I just, I know. Right? right. I know. I'm just like, wow. it just feels wrong to oh. say it, doesn't it? Hey, let me, Scott. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Prompted by the 76ers topping that list, they're they're sort of the example being held up um, in a lot of sports for how to do it, how to yeah. rip it down, to build it back up, uh, and here's mm-hmm. some evidence about it. Now, the ultimate evidence will come this season based on how good they are. So that's my question to you. Uh, assess this whole plan, whether it was tanking or whatever you want yes. to call it, what the Sixers plan that may be ready to come to fruition. They've missed on a lot, too. Um, I mean, they, they've they sort of been throwing darts and trying to hope something sticks in, and it looks like they may have hit with Simmons and hit with Embiid, but you got to remember that they had Nerlens Noel, they had uh, Okafor. Michael Carter-Williams, they had Okafor. Uh, they've had a slew of lottery Fultz. picks. That Fultz, yeah. They ha- Fultz, yep. Uh, so they've had a slew of these picks that they've had that they've missed on, but they – seem to have the right path right now with who they've signed. If Embiid can stay healthy, he is a force to be reckoned with. And alongside of a veteran of Al Horford, I I like that combination. Even though Horford sort of getting up there and saw sort of a a decline there in Boston, but I think he's a nice glue piece for as a veteran on that team with those younger, younger kids. Um, They, they paid Harris, uh, they sort of had to pick between him and Jimmy yeah. to, with what they brought in. They went with Harris with the less of a <laughs> locker room yeah, issue. Minutia. So I, I, I do like the team that they have together. They have a deep team. Um, uh, they have drafted with the last couple classes here. A lot of people are on Thibel. Uh, yeah. This uh, this player, uh, I guess he is a defensive beast. So if you have him coming off the bench behind an Embiid and a Horford, I mean, they have a really nice deep bench. So, I mean, if you compare it to what the Cleveland Browns have done. <laughs> ha, with I was just about tanked, to go there. And, <laughs> it feels like the Browns. I mean, they, they, it does. I mean, they've had these picks after picks. They've missed on some. They, the, the, we think maybe they hit, but jury's still out with that. So, I mean, I don't know if you can suck up losing for five, six years and then you can take your hits and take your uh, your you you hit on some of these. Then, yeah, I guess it works out. But that's a lot of losing to have to deal with. Well, it it is. And the, the East is ripe for picking. 
No question. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? They, Milwaukee is the team they have to worry about. Yeah, don't you think mind. they were just sort of right. waiting in the wings until LeBron left? I feel like a lot of franchises were. It's like in the NFL. But he left last year, t- and all t- of a sudden, Kawhi, you know, the, Kawhi the, the, the trade Toronto made, yeah. Kawhi Leonard uh, was the new LeBron. That's what I mean, East, though. Yeah. Toronto only did that because LeBron was gone, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I would agree. Like, yeah. I mean, the whole AFC in, in the NFL is just waiting Wait for, for Tom Brady. Brady to walk away. Yes. I mean, and, and then you're going to see a push, a huge push, I think, right? Financially, you, you would think, yeah, yeah. It does feel like the Browns, the Seventy Sixers, and maybe that's cause for concern, right? Because <laughs> I don't think the Browns are going to the playoffs. I mean, look at—they went, they sucked their necks out, got Ob OBG and their Beckham Jr. in, who's been kind of fine, yeah. But he's not the piece. He's not that one piece that they needed to go forward because they're two and four and looking down right now. Well, they got a quarterback who, um, yeah, maybe isn't for real, huh? Well, it's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, it is a different conversation. <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk today. Uh, a couple things to get to. We'll get to some uh, uh, projections on the year, some odd stuff. But today is uh, we're recording this on Monday, yeah. the twenty first. It's uh, the deadline uh, for today, so you might be listening to this after this deadline is happening. Maybe your team, uh, like Boston, didn't extend Jalen Brown. Yeah, Scott, why don't you right. explain the uh, the rookie ex- scale extensions? Yeah, so today is the deadline that rookie scale extensions can happen. Veteran extensions, they can go past today. Um, but players such as uh, like Ben Simmons or one that happened over the weekend, Pascal Siakam, he, he extended with the Raptors. Uh, all these players need to have an extension done by uh, today at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. If not, then... They're going to be a restricted free agent come uh, July if their qualifying offer is extended to them. But pretty much if they don't sign, they're playing right now, um, and then they'll be a free agent come next year. Hey, Scott, why, why is there a deadline? Do you know? Just how the CBA has been structured. Um, for some reason, they have the rookies as – Today is the deadline, uh, the day uh, the day before the fruit, uh, actual season starts. Yeah. And then during the season, veterans, I guess in a way they allow those veterans to I think I think that's the reason, don't you? Isn't it to <laughs> sort of protect the veterans a little bit and, and allow them to make the money during the year? Right, yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree look, with this, that statement. Look, at, this NBA CBA is phenomenal for a lot of reasons, but... LeBron James wrote this thing. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron James and Chris Paul got into a room with a pencil and a couple of nerds and said, this is what's going to happen. All right, you're going to make us a lot of money right now. The, there is a reason that the minimum salary in the league is $898,000 and Steph Curry is making $40 million this year. By the way, that, $40 million. Right. I was going to say, that, that minimum seems low to me. I, I would agree. It's only double the NFL, which has 53 right. players on a roster. I agree. That's what I'm saying. That's the point I'm making. Yeah. Like he... LeBron and and Chris Paul took care of the the elite veterans and the, and he bumped up the middle class a little bit, which that's a good thing. Yes, the, it is. And the NFL needs this, by the way. The NFL needs this to happen too because the middle class is dying in the NFL. But man, if you're not getting a rookie extension like we're talking about the deadline today, you, you're and not that, you're not playing for anything. You're just not. And and that's why guys like Buddy Heald out in Sacramento are pissed off that Sacramento hasn't extended him an, a, a decent offer. I mean. He, they're twenty million under where he wants to be. Look at four for ninety is a nice offer, but he wants to be over hundred million because everybody's over hundred million in the NBA. <laughs> Are you sure he wants to be in Sacramento? Look at that's an up and coming team. 
I know you got to stay up late to watch mm-hmm. them, but they're 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 coming. Right. They're coming. They've actually made some decent draft picks. They haven't had a player since Mitch Richmond, Paul. <laughs> oh, right? very Here we nice. go. Here we go. Here come the All old right. guys. Demarcus Cousins. I get uh, off my lawn. So six o'clock tonight. That's the deadline for guys like Buddy Heald and Jalen Brown. Those are the notable yeah. notable rookies who probably I don't think will get extended. Scott, you? Well, it's, it's I don't think he'll get extended, but some of these uh, rookies that have they put in clauses that uh, right now it's 25% max, but eligible up to the 30% max based on if they make first or second NBA oh, or MVP. Nice. So like Siakam and Jamal Murray and Simmons, Simmons actually had a threshold. So if he made uh, first NBA or second NBA or MVP, or, it went up by a percentage. Or if he hits five hits. three-pointers this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it happened in the preseason. We should do that. We should just do our own custom props this year. <laughs> Did he go number one in your fantasy draft? It was high. It was eight or it was eight or nine, I think. Okay. Yeah. I would, I all, thought, all about the big guys. I thought Embiid We're going to bring this one. up on the show and talk about all it. It's right. an interesting concept. And I won't spoil it no, for let's you. Let's keep going, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> explain the salary cap. Scott and the luxury, <laughs> yeah. the luxury. In, in tax. two minutes, Scott, explain the uh, well, explain the luxury tax. Because we, we can't figure it out either. Don't okay, because the cap threshold is <laughs> 109 million. The luxury tax is 132.6 million, and then there's a, a apron, yeah. which is mm-hmm. explain that to me. I mean, <laughs> uh, what, yeah, uh, so, two million more, or excuse me, six million more. Right. right. So NBA has soft cap, so. Teams have exceptions that they can go over the cap by signing their players to certain exceptions. Like the rights. bird exception, right? Lots of them, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Correct. And a lot of these these uh, extensions that we were just talking about are signed with the bird rights. So they're uh, able to sign and be over the cap and not have to sign them with right. cap space. Uh, the luxury tax is a threshold, just like in baseball, that if you go over it, you're going to get hit by a certain rate. Now, there's if you're a first-time offender, you have a certain rate. If you're a repeat offender, your rate goes up. So in Golden State and Oklahoma City's situation, they're repeat tax offenders. So their rate is at $2.50 per dollar over mm-hmm. the limit that you're at. So, And then from there, it goes up by a threshold of every $5 million, um, so th- there's a threshold within a threshold and teams can get really hurt on being a repeater as Oklahoma city was a couple years ago. Um, the apron is essentially a hard cap. So teams can not go over that amount for any situation. Um, and the, how they become hard capped is they signed a player to, through a sign and trade. They use their biannual exception or they use their mid-level exception up until the, the taxpayer amount. Scott, uh, explain explain that. the hard cap a little bit and, and why it's so important. Well, what happens is, like Golden State, they're going to be really tight up against that hard cap because they sign and traded Kevin Durant for D'Angelo Russell. So they're automatically hard capped. They cannot go over the $138.928 million uh, at all. So they're stuck with either – they're stuck with the minimum salaries, but even if they sign players to a certain extent – I think if I remember correctly, they're at 
like 1.9 million or something like that below yeah, this apron. They've got, they've so got 136.2 into their salaries right now. So they've really only got about 2 million to spend the rest of the season is what yeah. you're saying, right? Right. All season. So if somebody gets injured or right. they need to cut somebody or they need to sign a guy on a 10 day contract, they really have to watch what they're doing. They're pretty much stuck with what they have this year. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no IR in the NBA. It, those guys just count. There is none. Yeah. There, yeah, there is no IR. There used to be. Um, there used to be a three-man, uh, you know, the old taxi squad. Yeah, yeah exactly. They used to hide yeah, guys right out there. They have knee tendonitis. The <laughs> only way around sleep. injured is if if a guy or if a team applies for the disabled player exception, which would allow them to have a 16th player. Uh, the Pelicans received one this year. Um, so they didn't get one for clay though. Right, Scott? Get. Uh, no, I, they did not. No, I don't think they that put didn't qualify. In for him. Okay. So, so that, that, that's the, the two minute spiel or a little more than that on, on the cap and luxury tax and apron. So, well, what's interesting. All right. So the Rockets, for example, they, mm-hmm. their starting lineup is over, over the cap, over the cap. Yeah. Paul, oh, yeah. it's $114 million for, for the starting for five, five for the Rockets. And $109 million. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, but, but so they have – they can go over the cap up, into, up until $132 million, and, 0.6, right? I mean, and then look, the tax comes in. Yeah, I mean, th- there are teams over the tax right now. There's many teams over the tax right now. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got to the end of the year to get under, and some of those teams will. Maybe many of those teams will. I, I just think it's so funny that <laughs> – Oklahoma City has been essentially, you know, a regular season dumpster fire, <laughs> right? I mean, they get to the postseason and bow out the first round or the second round. Yeah, they've got they've lost Harden, Westbrook, Durant. I'm missing one. All of them. They've they've lost everybody now, and they're repeat repeat tax offenders, which means three out of the last four years they've been over the tax threshold. That that means after, even after losing all those guys, they still blow over the tax line. They they just that's why I, I think the Paul George trade was a blessing for them like they've got to get under sure they're going to trade chris paul and they're going to have a couple of maybe stephen adams i mean stephen adams makes way more than anybody in the world should but (laughs) between those two guys alone right now are pushing them over the over the tax threshold again this year that's a team that just hasn't won and have paid for it year after year after year and they're poised to do it again this year they got to get under they got to trade those players and get themselves under you can understand golden state paying they're happy to pay well, you want to talk about a franchise, can, and if we can include Oklahoma City as Seattle, because that's where sure. they relocated yeah. from, the players that they, that franchise has had yeah. in Pretty their amazing. history. You're right. It's been amazing. You're right. Right? Yes. Maybe maybe the best defensive point guard ever. Seattle won, though, right? Did Seattle win? No. They Never? lost. Well, oh, they no, won they back. they won with Dennis Johnson that's and what Jack I thought. Sigma. Jack Sigma. Yeah, I was going to mention, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back in the 70s. Yeah. That's it, though. That's it, yeah. It's like the Blazers Man. when they won with Bill Walton. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm a big Sam Presti guy. I think what he does from a financial standpoint is okay. I like his, I like his moves on a yearly basis. But you can't just keep I, – I, I equate it to the Los Angeles Rams right now. They're going to keep pumping money until they win one of these things. And if it's Oklahoma City's, if, if it's that situation, they're not going to win. Oh, by the way, um, and we're going to talk about a, a venue. At the yes, end. this you is mentioned the, really interesting. You mentioned the Rams, right? Isn't there a stadium? Next year. Yeah, but isn't it like like way over budget? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, probably. I'm sure. I haven't heard that, but I'm sure. I, I, I saw a report 
read something and again it didn't pay attention. It was a doctor's office. It was it was way over budget. Or Crazy. it's projected to be way over budget. And they want to go to the, the NFL the, is paying for most of it anyway. Yeah, so but no, and the care. NFL want to go to the players to get some uh, you know money to help Crazy. do it. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's, it's a be couple full of bi- Dallas fans anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, so we mentioned the Rockets there, and uh, you know they're they're over the threshold here when it comes to that. The Atlanta Hawks are on the complete opposite side of that. They so we mentioned Houston. Uh, we have a problem at five and one fourteen. Um, the Atlanta Hawks. They're starting five. Yep. It's going to combine for $22 million. That, that's the range we have in the league right now. The Rockets starting five mm-hmm. cost $114 million. The Hawks, $22 million. Yeah. That's just the range. It's like the Red Sox in the race. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, we've gotten to that point. But look at baseball's sort of overcorrecting themselves now, right? They, they figured out that they needed to wash out this problem. And you see teams like the Yankees and now the Red Sox. The Red Sox are in Moneyball mode. Trust me. Um, and they're starting to smarten up with their signings and their acquisitions. I, I, we've talked about it a few times on this show. I wonder when we get to that point in the NBA, when the money isn't well. Maybe we're here with China, right? Maybe this China thing is going to throw a big wrench. I, I into feel like all I want to say when the teams that spend a lot stop winning. Yeah, it's debatable. Look at we're going to make some picks soon. I know Scott's going to be high on Utah. I know I'm high on Denver. Mm-hmm. All right, those aren't sexy picks, and those aren't you know. Boy, poor one, Utah's taking one, a beating today one, on the show. One, <laughs> <laughs> it's enough to make you want to there's, drink in another state. <laughs> there are fine people. There, there are fine people in Utah. Okay. Oh, that's Anyhow. Paul's line of the year. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's here's some numbers for you. Just to sort of wrap up the finances a little bit before we get to some questions with Scott. Um, we've done this a few times where we break out how these salaries are sort of laid out into tiers right now. So I, I mentioned Steph Curry's in the $40 million club. He's the only player in the NBA making $40 million a year. That's not going to last long. There are 19 players making at least $30 million this year. Oh. 19. Wow. That's almost one per team. That's wow. crazy. There are 32 making at least 20. There are wow. 60 making at least 10. Wow. 60 players out of the 450 right now in the league are making 10 You said 10 tears, million. and I'm thinking T-E-A-R-S of joy. <laughs> oh, they're loving it. Those they're numbers. loving it. I, I mean, honestly, you know, the, the average salary is $8.3 million right now. <laughs> that means if you're the 11th guy on the bench, you're probably making five. Yes. You mean, you're, you're And this just... is why the NFL guys get all worked up when this stuff comes out. Because the disparity yeah. of that is incredible. Your only job right now could be to just catch rebounds in warm-ups for Steph Curry and yep. you make $5 and million look dollars good to do and it. And look good on the bench. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you're going to have a freakishly tall kid, yeah. teach him how to rebox out. Yeah. That's it. And, and make a left-handed layup. That's it. <laughs> there you go. That's it. You know, if, he, if he's a lefty, teach him how to pitch. Um, tall, grab some rebounds. All right. Let's. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about a couple yeah. of these questions already. I'm going to dive down to this one. Hey, Scott. I think I know your answer. I think I already gave away the cheese on this one. But the best team, in your opinion, who's also in good financial shape. We know teams like Oklahoma City and Golden State are hard are, are in trouble, and you know teams mm-hmm. like Philly are hard capped. Uh, who's who can make some moves this year to make themselves even better? You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about making moves. Yeah. But as far as from a analytical standpoint um i was looking at it this morning breaking down uh and i i've got four teams that are projected to be winners and their active cap per amount of players on their roster was low the four teams were utah 
New Orleans Pelicans, Boston Celtics, and Los Angeles Lakers. Really? So those four. So those four teams have spent. Even though even the Lakers have two really high players, when you average out the amount sure. of cap that they've actually spent, they're they're winners and they have a low cap. Now there's there were four teams that are not projected to be winners below these teams, but these are the ones that are winners with a low average per active roster so, person. So let me ask you this, player. Be- because so. uh, if we add in the factor that I mentioned, which was uh, you know maybe getting themselves better in February at the deadline, wouldn't Boston be that team? I mean, if you're not going to extend yeah, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown's a trade bait, right? Uh, absolutely. So that's a team absolutely. that could be, I mean, especially in a week east, if Kemba Walker is the piece they needed, you know, just – well, I could even see the Lakers being a team. Yeah, but how do you how do you get trade, better? How do you get better in the Lakers right now? Well, well, once the trade restrictions are lifted and you can move some of these players, if if there are teams that they want to say they want to move a player just to dump them and get them out, but get a uh, a player that could potentially be a buyout player yeah, on another buyouts, team right. that is that is losing um, or. You could potentially just sign buyout players that had already been buy- bought out. I mean, the the name on the street right now is Andre Iguodala. Right. Whether he's going to stay on Memphis right now or they're going to buy him out or whatever they're going to do, the first two teams that have been talked about are the, the Clippers and the Lakers. Right. So, it, and what would happen is they're going to sign either with a minimum or uh, with – if they have any room on an exception, they can do that as well. Right. Uh, but Boston, uh, I would agree, they've got the pieces to potentially move to get better if they need to. Um, so that's. Let's stay in Memphis there, Scott. I got a question yeah, about that. I was going to say, I, I can't see Igadala wanting to stay well, in Memphis. What's interesting about Memphis right now is they've got about $19 million of dead cap, which in basketball just doesn't happen. Right, to, you know, as the NFL guy here, that's sort of what where I my eyebrows raise a little bit because, you know, look at they're not the Dolphins with sixty million, okay, <laughs> right, but, right? But for basketball, nineteen million is pretty high. Scott, how, how do you accrue dead cap, and is the Iguodala situation going to add to that? And actually, I in preparation for this, I went back a couple years and looked at the dead cap that teams have accrued. Now, pre- prefacing that, dead cap can be players that had guaranteed salary that were cut which is rare right straight up cut or via buyout mm-hmm. or um, there is no dead cap like in the NFL where if a player's traded they they retain cap so that is it's mostly players are either released or bought out and reduced their amount now i went back and looked at these years to see is this 19 million really a lot right now as a start? And it's not. Uh, when I look at last year uh, for 2018, we had four teams that had dead cap of 39 million or more. Hmm. Uh, the Knicks actually had 60 million. The Hawks had 41. Wow. Brooklyn had 39. Phoenix had 39. A lot and, of that's Carmelo Anthony, right? Seeing, <laughs> well, yes, it is. Uh, and the reason you're seeing these dead caps are because teams bought out these players i mean the knicks had uh joe Kim noah on their books right. they had um 
some others that I can't think of off the top of my head. Atlanta had Carmelo and Jeremy Lin. And so teams have th- – those amounts last year were a lot. A um, couple years before, we're looking at Atlanta had 32 and Chicago had 26 in 2017. And then 15 and 16, Philadelphia, when they were not very good, had 30 and $24 million in dead cap. So uh, another – situation that you see is in Atlanta's situation is they were willing to take on the dead cap, take on a player such as Carmelo Anthony and cut him because attached to Carmelo were a first round pick or two seconds or whatever is attached. Yeah. That was the Brock Eisweiler move. Yeah, exactly. They'll take, they'll say, all right, we'll take on whatever guys that you don't want to keep anymore as long as you attach some future assets to it, and we'll take them and cut them, and we'll take the on the dead cap because we have the space to do so. Yeah, I think it was brilliant. You're buying you're buying draft picks in a in a generation where nothing's you know more more formidable. And you and you you're likely to see it again this year. I mean, the the Hawks, like we said, they have a low starting roster. They have room to bring on dead money. Only team in the uh, league with cap space, right? They're the only team with cap space right now, and they're like $29 million below the luxury tax. So they have room that they don't really care to, to. It's just there. But, yeah, you're right. They have about five, uh, 5.3 mm-hmm. or so million to, to play with in, in cap space. Everyone else is over. You know, you mentioned a team there. And Paul's eyebrows raised, too, when you mentioned the Knicks. Is there, any, I mean, any hope for Knicks fans? I like the kids. I, I like the kids. Well, there. You get, the only hopes is that they're doing it the way we've the talked way. about the Philly way. Yeah. Thank you. Which is, you know, and again, that's the anti Nick approach, and it's always been, and it's part of the reason why they're in, they're as bad as they've been is that they always chase the signings and yeah. chase the headlines. So their if, owner if, leaves something to if, be desired. If, well, that has a lot to do with it, <laughs> and maybe whatever they do to try to keep him happy is part of this problem as Correct. well too. If they if the people in New York and the Knicks people can stop remembering the seventies and Patrick Ewing yes. and buy into the build from the yes. bottom up kind of thing with a bunch of younger guys and the couple of Duke guys they have on there, then may- maybe they start to show life. I wonder if the Yankees doing it recently will be a you know a, a wake up call for that New York crowd. Let's give sports fans in general a little more credit. We talked sure. about this as it relates to the to the Nationals. Um, yes, let's give everybody a little more credit that it's not about winning the press conferences anymore. Yes. It's about doing it the right way. Not every city has gotten to the point where it understands that. Frankly, not every media base allows that to happen right. as the, well, it's too. It's narrative-driven, And if right? it's all about what you can put on the back page of the post, uh, then forget it. Look you're, 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 it's never going to happen. Zion was easily the sexier get for New York, right. right? But for half of last year and all of the year leading up to it, R.J. Barrett was the number one pick in the draft right. before Zion sort of took over the world. Before ESPN decided that Zion a would lot take of, over the world. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and the March Madness tournament decided they really needed that guy to be the forefront of it, right? Right. Look at, I think Barrett is probably a more talented basketball player than Zion Williamson. He's not a freak of nature. More well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a better way to put it. But, but there's a good chance that you put him with Kevin Knox, who they got last year, came out of Kentucky. You know, oh, what have they done lately, right? If you put two, those two guys together and this Mitchell Robinson kid who's fun, big, you know, athletic center who's fun, that's three young kids to start building from. That sounds exactly like Philadelphia or or any of these young young franchises, the Brooklyn's, the Milwaukee's. 
you got to start somewhere. And look at you're right; those aren't going to be back page players yet. But R.J. Barrett might shoot the lights out of out of uh, Madison Square Garden soon. It'll yeah, be. And they brought in a lot of free agent players that are yeah. They're hard workers. They're gonna put. They're gonna. They're gonna complement these rookies nicely. I think. Um, when you look at the roster, eight players were signed as free agents this offseason. That's half your roster. Yeah, they had to. So, they missed on everybody else. <laughs> so you have those with these these rookies, and it may actually work out that they win more games than teams expect because maybe they'll gel in a way that uh, you have these hard workers with these rookies that yeah. may surprise a lot of teams. I agree Zion is that splashy. You wanted that, especially in New York. But we're already seeing Zion having yes. injury issues right out of the gate. So we'll see if R.J. Barrett can stay more healthy throughout the season and where that ends up in Look, the, the four Knicks, years the, or five years. You, you might you might see Barrett's game more suited to the NBA than Zion. That's a, it's, that's a perfect way to look right? at it. Yeah, especially the current mm-hmm. game. Right. Yes. But that's outside in, not inside out, right? And I think the ability to adapt to what other NBA teams defensively are going to do, because yeah. I think Zion's a little bit of a one-trick pony right now uh, until he develops other things. Yeah. Uh, there, there's going to be some some ebbs and flows with that. Oh, I, I still think he's going to be a force. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some odds here. Okay, mm-hmm. um, the championship goes through L.A. If you go by the odds makers, <laughs> right? You go by Clip, the odds makers. Clippers are three and a half to one. Essentially, Lakers are four to one. Yeah, I mean it's a yeah. dead heat. So I don't think either of them win the title. Do you think it goes to the East or Golden State? No. All right. Let's 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 talk the, about Golden State. Here, here are the odds, real quick. Uh, Clippers, you mentioned seven to two, three and a half to one, essentially. Lakers four to one. Bucks six to one. Sixers eight to one. Yeah. Rockets eight to one. Golden State twelve to one. Nuggets and Jazz both sixteen to one. Everybody mm-hmm. else, you, you're getting uh, a little higher there. Celtics twenty five one. Blazers thirty to one. All right. So out of, out of those that we mentioned there, um, Golden State. Let's start with them. Uh, twelve to one here. Scott, what do you think? Golden State. I don't think Golden State's going to make the playoffs. What? I mean, yes. Wow. Yeah, oh, I, get when, uh, you, Scott. You, come on. Seriously. If uh, you look at their roster, outside of their starting five, they do not have much of a bench. Even at all. including it's their really, starting five, their their fourth and fifth yeah. option are already frail, in I, my opinion. Outside of Curry, Green, and Russell, I mean, you're not going to see Clay. I don't think at all this year. Right. So you really are playing with three players. Curry, can he stay healthy? Can he really play 82 games plus playoffs and and stay completely healthy? I mean, we've seen him struggle in the last two years with injuries here and there. Um, I I think they take a step back here. I don't think they make the playoffs. Um, That goes against what some are saying, especially with – MVP, which we'll get to. With Are we allowed Steph to make Curry bets on this show? <laughs> Scott, <laughs> Scott, I actually think I, I, it's tough to argue with you knowing what we just talked about already, which is they don't have the flexibility to recover financially. Yeah, they they can't recover. If Draymond Green gets hurt, they can't go out and, and, and acquire somebody to fill his minutes. They just can't do it. And if I'm telling you, I don't have it in front of me, but Kevin, you would, know, you would not know five players on this team. You wouldn't. 
We already gave you three. You wouldn't be able to get the five. Well, I got, I got it open, so. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to get the I would, five. I <laughs> and you definitely can't get to 12. Oh, yeah. No, there's no way. I mean, Yeah, you is, look at their roster, you're right. There's, it is a there, no-name no bench. The depth is yeah. gone from this team. I mean, Paul Peck's on the roster. And you can't. <laughs> and you can't I can hit a three every once Look, in you a while. can't blame them. They, 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 losing Durant and then the clay injury, it put them in a position where they basically had to put pump the brakes. And, and you understand that, right? The only reason that they're going to go out there and try to shoot the lights out in Steph Curry and, and D'Angelo Russell is they're, That's in, all a, they got. they're yeah, in a I fancy did. brand new building right. <laughs> that, that they mm-hmm. better keep full for the next five years or you know, you somebody's going to have it. It's full right. for the next five years no matter what. Right. It, we'll get to it. Let, let's, let's go. Let's uh, make some picks here. Yeah. All right. Make some picks. MVP odds. Uh, uh, MVP Who's your odds. team, Kevin? Who's your team? Um, you know what? I, I you want to do a finals matchup? What do you think? Boy, you know I. I, I mean, I know mine. I I I've got Utah in the Sixers in the final, and wow. I got Utah I like winning it. it. Oh, wow, wow! They're both extremely deep benches, and I like the moves they made. So that's who I'm going with. <sighs> by the way, I mean, Utah, Utah, Utah way, Scott picked Toronto last year. All right, I'll, yeah. I'll make myself no, look only slightly crazier than Scott. When I'll say, how about if the if the Raptors could do it with a dominant great player oh last year, God. Bucks win the championship over the Clippers? I thought you were going Toronto, Paul. No, <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis leads the way. Bucks Clippers in the finals, and Milwaukee wins. Bucks it. Clippers. Okay. I'm, I'm examining this Utah. Junior pick. Bridgman throws out the first pitch of the finals. Oh no! I. <laughs> I boy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Clippers. Okay, um, taking the face. I, I just think Kawhi is going to continue to be dominant, and to they're going to slow play him. To have Paul George yeah. there, I, I think is tremendous. So I'll go with Clippers out of the West, with mad respect to Utah, by the way. Okay, uh, and out of the Eastern Conference, I like Paul's selection of the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Greek Freak is going to uh, lead him to the uh, Eastern Conference Championship over the Sixers. I like it, and I think it'll be the Clippers winning the title over the Bucks. I'm going, I'm going down the line here, guys. Wait, I'm going to tell you, but what a limb I went out on there, by the way. Yeah, I picked the team with the best <laughs> odds to make it in and the, the West t- and, and the East, and the team with the third best odds <laughs> yeah. overall. Yes, yeah, the yeah. East and West favorites. So way to be risky. Thanks for contributing, Kevin. No, no big vacation <laughs> off that bet for the Sylvester. Yeah, thank family. you. Somebody's got to go chalk. It's not a good show if we don't, right? I'm going way down the board, guys. I'm taking Denver out of the West. They should have been out of the West last year. They got better this year. They kept their core intact, and I'm look at. I like teams that can make moves in February and make late-season pushes. We've seen it in baseball. We saw it in hockey last year with the St. Louis Blues. It is sort of the way things are working right now. It takes a couple of months to get figured out, and then if your GM is smart enough to make the right move, you can really take some teams by surprise. I'm taking the Boston Celtics out of the East. This was a team that got torpedoed by the Kyrie Irving cancer last year. Should have been way better than they were. I like their coach. I like three out of the four starters. I, th- I think Kemba Walker is the right fit for those young kids, and I do think they can make a February move to bring in somebody to f- to lift them to three, you know, the final three months of the season and through this th- through the East. All they got to do is beat Philly, in my opinion. Miami's going to be there close a- at the end of it, but all they got to do is get through Philly. And I really like Boston with that coaching staff to push this thing to the finish line. Okay, I, I twenty-five th- to one, Boston. 
I, I don't think those are terrible picks. Yeah. Especially uh, Utah, Utah, the way uh, Jokic performed in the playoffs, right? I mean, no question. Uh, fantastic. All right. MVP odds here. Giannis is the favorite yeah. at 7-2. Which St- you can understand. Steph Curry, 5-1. to one. It's, it's his team. He's got to put that team on his shoulders. If they're going to make the playoffs, it's because he's you know having James Harden nights, right? Yeah. So I see it. Anthony Davis six. I think that's high for how, Anthony Davis. How does how is that going to work, Scott? Doesn't does that surprise you too that Davis is so high? Does that mean LeBron is just going to be a facilitator all year? Yeah, from what I've heard, LeBron's going to do everything in his power to make sure Davis is the top and potentially. MVP caliber throughout the season. I, I just so always. I'm, I'm not surprised by the odds. Uh, yeah, but LeBron's ten to one. How can you have two players in the same team that cl- that closely aligned in the odds? I just feel like they would cancel each other out. I think, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Yeah. LeBron's there because of his name, but I think Davis is higher because of the what has been said that he's going to do everything in his power sure. to make him. I mean, you, you look. So. At, you guys were talking Clippers. Kawhi Leonard's twelve to one. Paul George is fifty to one. That makes sense to me. Yes, they're down the line a little bit and they're spread out a little bit more. Um, I think Embiid should be higher. He's the, the sexy Sixers. pick, right? I mean, I'm taking Jokic yep. because I'm taking the Nuggets. So if the Nuggets are going anywhere in the regular season, it's because of Jokic, mm-hmm. the Joker. So it is the year of the Joker, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, I think Embiid's a great pick. If you like Philly out of the East yeah. and you don't want to take, you know, the, the favorite in Giannis. I think Embiid's got to have a great year. So, that, uh, to me, those are two solid with. picks. There you go. Do you think Blake Griffin yeah, looks at the odds and says, I'm 100 to 1? How about the fact that Detroit is over the luxury tax right now? <laughs> what are we doing in Detroit? Yeah. Man. Well, people have been saying that for a while about cars. All right. Uh, yeah. Final thing. Let's talk about the Chase Center. Yeah. This is the aforementioned the- Warriors. Paul? This is really cool. Yeah. Uh, $1.4 billion. It opens up this year. Cost the city of San Francisco nothing. They, they Warriors demanded it. self-financing it, which yeah. is pretty incredible. Right downtown. It's like, move, move across the bay. Yeah, well, and, right it, on the and, water. and, and again, yeah. let's be honest. It, it, they are Golden State, but they are San Francisco. Not only are they, but you want to be San Francisco's team downtown in an incredibly vibrant right, are, city. Are, are, you, uh, are you raining on Oakland here? We're kicking Utah, the state. Now we're Oakland. in Oakland. It's, it's a suburb of San Francisco. Do you know how pissed the people of Oakland are right now? Uh, they should be pissed. Well, you know, this, this is but why. they've also had the wait, benefit wait, of it. This is why. In at the Oracle Arena, right in Oakland, for all these years, no mention of the word Oakland anywhere. They 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 basically didn't even want to just you know admit that they were in Oakland, even though they were literally in Oakland. The second they build this new stadium, the, the San Francisco couldn't be bigger on the court. It couldn't be bigger on the end of each court. They are they are yeah, thrilled I to mean, be out come of Oakland. On. You look where you are. You're in one of the most inc- incredibly vibrant cities in the world, yeah. and you haven't been there, even though you've sort of been there. It's a now football you're town, there. though. That's a football oh, town. Six and zero, Paul. Stop. Uh, it, you know, and again, like all new arenas now, there are other revenue sources. So you've got hotels and you've got restaurants and you've well, got office towers. I mean, you don't build these things anymore to host 40 basketball games or eight football I'll games. say this, Paul. There was a lot of blowback on – there's essentially a city around this new center. I mean, with there's 29 – every 29. It is to some degree, but you've got to remember, he – 
the, the Warriors are paying for all of this. So this was their way of saying, we got to get something yeah, back we here. we got to make our money back. Look, at, they built a gigantic office tower. you don't want to give us money, which you won't right. do, state of California, right. we got to make our money back. We're going to take your, your, you know, your big business. They right. took Uber. <laughs> they got Uber to, to, to fill up the office towers that they built. They've got two gigantic towers for, uh, for, for right now, it's Uber, and they've got 29... Retail stores, restaurants, bars. It's going to be a, yeah. a heck of a place What I to love be about this, your note, Mike, about this, I think is really cool. No hockey. I assume there isn't even the ability to put a it, rink it in there. It isn't, no. So it was designed strictly for basketball, which I think is, it's not that big a deal. No, no, it is. But it's a big enough deal. What I read, what I read. Because uh, San Jose's the design of it, yeah. Right. The design of it um, is specific in that. Hockey rinks that also convert to basketball arenas. There's a there's a lot of issues from fan perspectives of to, of seeing the court. Sure, because a hockey arena is set up higher generally. This is a smaller, more intimate court side. I right, because you can't run the seats all the way down. All to the, the way court down. That's right. In a hockey room, because you have the boards to deal with. And that was very important to this design team and this and this these, this ownership. So yeah, there's no hockey. There's no ice ab- ability at all in this arena. In fact. So the ice capades aren't coming. No, not to this one. All right. um, Disney on Ice is not making it to Gold. The State. angle they took, Plenty which I thought trotters. was brilliant, I didn't even mention it here in the notes. The angle they took to make this a multi-purpose is what else would you want to be close down like that? Theater. There, there's a there's a complete there's an there's an entrance to this Chase Center that is theater only, and they can put up a wall in the mm. basketball court and convert this into a very intimate slope down theater for really intimate shows. Wow. So they're taking which in San Francisco. Right? Seems like a pretty nice approach to take. Sure. So, I, yeah, no hockey, but they're going to go a lot of arts. If you look at the the, the, for, uh, the forums when you walk in and, and how they design this thing, it almost looks like an airport. It's very open and, you know, a lot of white space to it. It's really well done. I mean, for $1.4 billion, this thing better, you know, feed me my food. Right? <laughs> I mean, my goodness. But, yeah, the suites and all that, outstanding. Take a look at the pictures online. Phenomenal. Look at... You guys can t- you guys can speak to the quote I put at the bottom of this. <laughs> there was an interview with the Warriors president Wick Welts, who basically is paying for this thing himself. Um, he's pretty happy with how it turned out, but he's also a little arrogant about it too. Well, but but he, but to some degree he's he's true. right though. You know, he's we right. have this. The quote was, "We have this roaring economy. We have the companies that are changing the world as part of our backyard. A championship caliber team, a great city, a global city." Um, he's right. All those things are correct. He's basically telling other teams, Let's, "Don't ever do this." Yeah, well, you but can't he's do also this. saying he's also saying we have yes, uh, we are the technology. Silicon Valley, yeah. Silicon Valley is our home turf. Uh, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of innovation there. We're all in on both of it. And yet Scott Allen's saying they're not going to make the playoffs this year. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, another big po- a note on this one. One, one final note. They, they, they cut 1,500 seats out from Oracle Arena, and that's going to be a trend. That's supply and demand right, right there. It's right? going to be a trend. Decre- it's de- tough to get butts in seats right now. Decrease the supply, you increase the demand, therefore they can charge more money. Although if you're going to watch it on TV, just go to the game and watch it on their 9,700-square-foot scoreboard. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, what are we doing here? That Cleveland scoreboard's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, and you know that that's nuts. nuts. That's like you know, the, well, at Texas Stadium there, AT and T Stadium, whatever yeah, the hell they call it. Exactly, it's, it's like down. forty yards long, right? Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. absolutely crazy. <laughs> so we are looking forward to the NBA season. Scott, thanks for all the insight uh, when it comes to the odds, all the cap, all thanks the contracts. And go, go with it, Scott Allen. He'll be on again during the NBA season. Well, a lot of great stuff there with Scott. We could have gone on so much more yeah. uh, with the NBA. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that season starting. 
that's been fun to watch. If you haven't been with the NBA in the last few years, get back into yeah, it. It's, it's the money sport right now. Yeah, it's exciting for Certainly a lot of reasons. Is. Um, and hopefully many of them are talking to our friends at Morgan Stanley Global Sports Entertainment. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine, too, that they're helping the NBA players make informed decisions about their finances and wealth. Learn more. Go to morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. We didn't get to any NFL today. Uh, if anything significant happens, as it happened last week. With Maybe the Jalen, a DAC contract? What do you think? Could be a that DAC contract. was a performance contract. last night. Um, the Jalen Ramsey trade last week, that was huge. Yeah. Uh, an update podcast. Mike had that for you later in the trade week. Trade deadline's so. coming in eight days. Yes. We'll be on it. Should be should be exciting to see what move, because there, there's going to be more moves made mm-hmm. in the NFL. All right. For Mike Gennetti and Paul Peck and Scott Allen, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast.